0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me tonight in the studio is my beautiful wife, Joanna. Joanna, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I am doing pretty well. So here at the Bible Thumper Podcast, sometimes we start a half an hour late, (laughs) and honestly, if I was going to blame anyone, I would like to blame all of my fans. I think that's reasonable (laughs) because not enough of them are going on and uh, subscribing to stuff and not enough of them are getting on our website and going to the Patreon page and giving us money. So I got this cheap garbage old computer that I keep using and all this cheap cabling and all this junk. And because of it, sometimes it takes me a half hour to get everything to work before we can start the podcast. So this evening is one of those evenings. So if you are here and you were trying to watch the video live, I apologize. That's where we're at. And tonight we are going to talk about money. And we're going to talk about money and families and how Ma- mom and dad manage the money and how all of that works. So what do you think about that?
1: Sounds great to me.
0: Okay, there you have it, folks. So, um, Joanna, you had you said you had at least one question. I'm hoping you have a bunch. I do. But before I take what? over, you want to start with that question and kind of see where it goes.
1: Oh, you want me to already start with the question?
0: Give me a question.
1: Okay. Let me look at my notes here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, well, this has to do with a Bible verse in Proverbs. If I could read my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> I've got great handwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it 1310?
0: I'll About, look it up. Uh, Ask the question.
1: Uh, well, it Or talks do, you about, que- do you need to
0: see the you need to see the verse?
1: Uh, no, thirteen eleven. Proverbs okay. thirteen
0: eleven.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But mm-hmm. he that gathereth by labor shall increase.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think? Vanity. What does that mean?
0: So vanity is usually cent- um, self-centered and um, selfishness. Mm-hmm. That's typically what it has to do. Uh, to do with we often think of vanity as being something where we are concerned about how we look in front of yeah, others being vain sure uh be in vain
1: but you've gotten this wealth by vanity vanity
0: so i think some of it has to do with uh, vanity being emptiness vanity mm-hmm. being a uh, fruitless endeavor
1: yeah okay
0: so your question well, is, how does that fit into um, wealth that's gotten by vanity is going to be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase.
1: Right. I know what it means to labor.
0: Sure. So you have someone that is trying to Make a, increase yeah. their wealth by working.
1: Mm-hmm. That says the hill, he'll increase. Sure. That shall increase.
0: You have other people who are trying to increase their wealth without working mm-hmm. and i think a big part of it has to do with they're getting they're getting them their money without providing any type of service okay it is vain it's empty it's worthless
1: yeah what makes me think of lotto tickets or
0: lottery or, tickets uh, are probably Ponzi's a good games one
1: games or you know
0: definitely uh, how about that okay we can definitely add into that anything that is crooked
1: yeah of course schemes
0: anyone that is a shyster anyone that is uh somebody who is trying to um run a scam yeah um Boy, I can't, I can't think of it. They, they do it constantly. There's a, there's a million scams on the internet. There are people that call you, um, through fraud and deceit, trying to mm-hmm. scam money Fishing out of old scams. people. <laughs> you got it. So I think any of those ways, uh, one of the things that I think of often is, uh, all those folks that are trying to, they're trying to get rich being a social media influencer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, and here's, right.
0: and here's the thing. There's lots of people that are on social media that make a lot of money, but they actually provide something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So some of them, maybe it's just entertainment, and there's nothing wrong with that. We have entertainers, actors, we have comedians, we have stand up comedians. We, okay, there's nothing wrong with being an entertainer. I mean, you know, maybe you can juggle. Great. Well, you're in the or circus. you have
1: your business on there, on Instagram, and it happens to help people. You're explaining.
0: But it, but, that's it, but if you have then. a business, that's totally different. Yeah. We're talking about
1: influencers.
0: Yeah. Right. So so <laughs> any kind of business, you have a product that someone gets from you, or you create a service, and people are willing to pay you something because you are willing to do something. That's different. That's talking. That's the second half of the verse where you are getting your wealth by labor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gathereth by labor, labor shall increase. I think the Bible is talking about the way that you earn your money and what you do to earn your money, there's something Makes there. Makes a difference. You got it.
1: Well, it seems to distinguish between two different ways of making money.
0: And can we agree that making money by vanity is not making money by labor? Because right. that's what it's comparing it to. Yeah. Okay. So one is an honorable living. One is not.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I wanted to talk about money. Now, the last time we got together, we were talking about money and kids. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to talk about money. The the thought came up for two different reasons. Number one, in the month of January at our church, we're going to be doing several special meetings. We're going to do like four or five weeks where we're going to be giving a free financial class. And anyone that we can get to show up to this, we are going to be teaching them how to get out of debt, how to get on a budget how to increase your wealth, how to get loaded, how to retire, you know, and be financially free. Um, We're going to talk about a lot of stuff along with estate planning and end of life planning and just everything to do with money. Okay, the reason we're doing that in January, and honestly, I probably should have done it in October, or November leading up to this end of the year time, is because the number one time that people are going to max out their credit cards and spend a whole bunch of money that they don't have, the number one time people are going to do that every year is around the holidays, specifically Christmas. Yeah. They're going to buy a whole bunch of junk that they can't afford usually for their kids, maybe for everybody. Uh, Another time people do that is when they go on vacations, They, they use the credit card, they don't save up for it and they just go nuts. It's just, you know, Whatever they want to do, they just spend the money on it, and they do it. So I wanted to talk about that tonight, uh, hopefully to get somebody to maybe not start out 2024 in a massive financial Mm -hmm. hole. So that was my two ideas as far as talking about money, you know, tonight. And, And here's another one. I think Christians, more than anybody should be i'm gonna say they should be wealthy i'm gonna say they should be rich but even if they're not their finances at least we should agree that their finances shouldn't be a mess their finances should not be something that they constantly fight with their spouse about their finances i think that the bible talks to us and gives us direction as to how to work what to do with our money so that we will be rich we will be well off we will be wealthy whatever word you want to you want to use we should not be horribly in debt we should not be massively stressed out about money all of these things should not be the case for the christians and the jews because we have the bible we have the word of god and god instructs us as to what to do with our money And I was just talking to a friend of mine and she told me, and she's got to be, I don't know, 25 years old. And, uh, and she, you know, is in ministry at a church and, and she literally said to me, you know, I've heard people say, you know, I need to have, and I need to invest in a mutual fund. I need to invest in an IRA. And I don't know what that means. Like, what do I do with my money? Where do I take it? Mm. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Now, the fact that a 25-year-old Christian does not know that is a failure by the parents. But the fact that this person also is in ministry makes me think, how are you going to be able to help any Christian around you with with money right you don't know what you're doing (laughs) yeah how is that possible that we've gotten that far and it makes me admit just oh it builds up pressure and makes blood shoot out of my eyes you know every time I hear about people just not teaching their kids not teaching their church members not teaching not teaching people what they need to know in order to be successful so it really bothers me that people are there i don't want the people in my church to have an excuse so therefore we're gonna we're gonna go through everything we're gonna help anyone that wants to get their finances in order do so
1: yeah i'm excited i think it's gonna be a great seminar um that brings me to kind of a question or statement go for it it seems like there's a I want to ask you why it seems like there is a, mm, oh, I don't know what you call it, unspoken rule or a thought in mm-hmm. Christianity that, as a Christian, mm-hmm. when you're a Christian, mm-hmm. if you're rich, that's equal to bad. Sure. And if riches being, are
0: bad, wealth is bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or no other better way to put it, riches equal bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being poor is being equated to godliness. Sure. What?
0: poverty is noble poverty but, is good
1: right okay why,
0: it's nonsense
1: well abraham who they were all rich all yes. these guys in the bible were extremely it said yes. that they were wealthy yes where did that come from and why is it perpetuated it doesn't okay. mean you're mm-hmm. godlier if you're poor no might mean you're not good with money
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. usually it means you're stupid because
1: anyway yeah poor well, people are.
0: there are two things that typically surround poor people stupidity and laziness And if you want to get rid of stupidity and put in ignorance, that's fine. Most people, uh, let's call them uh, ignorant and lazy. The Bible talks about, and let me just find the verse for you. Hopefully I can find it real quick. Okay. Uh, Nope. It's the next one. Proverbs 22.3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The Bible in Proverbs 22, 3, and I I use this as a verse to help describe finances. The wise see potential problems in the future and they prepare for them. Mm -hmm. The fool doesn't. The fool just doesn't notice what's coming down the line. The prudent man, the wise man thinks about his end of life, his retirement, the idea that he's going to have a family, that he's going to have kids, the, the wise recognize that they're going to need more money. Mm-hmm. And they should be doing something. They should be on a plan to become more wealthy, more financially free, more financially secure. So when those days come, it is not a burden. It is not a stress. They're able to deal with what is coming. I think a lot of people who are poor, they just put their heads in the sand. It is horrible to say, but when you ask people about retirement, you know, do you have any retirement plans? They say, oh, yeah, I plan on retiring.
1: And that's as far as it goes.
0: That's as far (laughs) as they get they are not saving money they are not investing money they are not they are basically just going along year after year making no changes making no plans for the future proverbs 22 3 says a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself there's something coming that is bad mm-hmm. and being poor when you're 70 is bad
1: yeah you can't W- nobody that.
0: wants to be poor when they're 70 because right. we we can't just get out of bed and go dig a dish and make money anymore like yeah. we could in our 20s so you need to plan for that i think a lot of people have this idea that wealth and riches are bad simply because they are not preparing for it they are not working for it okay they are doing all the wrong things with money So what they're doing is they're giving themselves an excuse. I'm poor because I'm godly.
1: Yeah, and so uh, when it talks about tithing Uh in Malachi, it says that, um, I could read it. It doesn't matter. Give it it, a shot. It says that when you tithe, God Mm -hmm. will open the windows of heaven so much and pour out so much on you, you won't have room to keep it. Yeah. So if you're if you're getting that much of a blessing, you wouldn't stay poor.
0: Okay, do you know what so the what? statistics currently <laughs> right? in America are on uh church members and tithing? Do you know Probably what the really guess bad. what the percentage of people that give 10% in churches in churches so, are today?
1: Mm, 10%.
0: <laughs> it's between 10 to 25%. Okay, so that tells me
1: that they're telling on themselves.
0: That Correct. That's not the tithing, reason. Right? No. They're they're not. People have a million reasons not to and and we can talk about that, you know. Um and you know, without getting off on the idea um, of making this whole, you know, hour about uh tithing, which we don't need to. It is literally the only place in the Bible where God says, "Go ahead and test me." Mhm. You do this and go ahead and test me and see if I don't do that. And it's a shame. A lot of people never get on board with that. Anyone I ever explain tithing to and they get on board and they start doing it, even if they didn't want to do it in the beginning, a couple months in, they're like, yeah, I'm sold on it. This is great. I don't know why I wasn't doing this. I have never met the Christian that says, oh yeah, I stopped tithing because it doesn't work. Hmm. I have never met. No, I'm sure they're out there. Okay, but that's fine. You know, there are morons everywhere. I just haven't met that one. So a lot of people are missing blessings in their life simply by disobeying God. But lo and behold, that's always been the case. We're just talking about one specific blessing that comes with giving God 10% of your money. And the idea is that when I give God 10% of my money, my 90% goes further than if I kept that 10% and I had hundred percent of my money. So I have a thousand dollars, I find on the street or I earn through a paycheck, or it's given to me in a birthday card. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I was increased. I have this $1,000. I give my local church 100 bucks. That $900 will go further than if I kept the original 1000 A lot of people don't believe that. I understand why people don't believe that. God says, if you work six days, I will make that six-day work go further and do more for you. Than if you worked seven days, Mm -hmm. it's the blessing that comes with the Sabbath of rest. The weekly Sabbath, God says, if you till your lands for six years and then on the seventh year, you let the land rest, your land will produce more. So that if you were to keep. Sowing and planting and and Mm -hmm. reaping and harvesting seven straight years your land will do more for you in six than if you stayed on for the whole seven. Mathematically, that doesn't work in any of those cases.
1: No, it's a act of it's a supernatural blessing of yeah. God. Yeah.
0: So a lot of people, whatever, they don't want to do it, but those same people are telling on themselves because if they don't want to do that with their money, how many other things do you think they're obeying God with? Where it doesn't make sense, it does. I don't like that part of the Bible, and it, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they do that everywhere. Yeah, all of us do some of that, but anyway, um, yeah. So the
0: idea of wealth being talked of as evil—that's a simple one. Nobody reads their Bible. The richest man in the history of the world was one of God's solomon yeah huh, that's true one of the richest men in every period of history seems to have been one of gods hmm. there are constantly some of the wealthiest people on earth who are gods starting like you said all the way back in the days of abraham
1: yeah it wasn't it abraham but it seems like every it seems like many of those the patriarchs God talked about they had a lot of wealth. Yes. So much wealth. I mean, Lot and Abram. They had too much. They had to split up. Yep. And they were in charge, and they had all of these, their men and their servants, and it was, that was they were rich. Yeah. So, anyway, I was just wondering what you thought about that.
0: Well, I don't know where it came from. It's absolutely wrong, and it is 100% not biblical. Now, it's not a sin to be rich. It's not a sin to be poor. The only thing the Bible talks about is the love of money.
1: Right. That's the being root, of, the all root evil. of all The evil. love. Not money. Right.
0: There's nothing wrong with money. As a matter of fact, how do you think you're able to help others?
1: Dumbly, we, yeah. We, I mean.
0: We, let's, let's go to the New Testament. Let's talk about Jesus' teaching and let's talk about uh, teaching that we find in the book of James. They both go over the idea of your friend, your neighbor having a need. Mm -hmm. your family, your friend, your neighbor having a need. And it talks about that if you don't physically fulfill their need, then you're just wasting their time telling them you're going to pray for them, telling them you love them, but not giving them the thing that they need is not helpful. We find that teaching several places in the Bible. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing to look it up. People can do that on their own. But it talks about it is nonsense if we don't do that. Well, let me ask you this. How do you provide the physical needs of others?
1: You have to have the stuff to give.
0: You have to have the stuff. So we (laughs) are charitable out of our abundance. We are not charitable out of our need. For us, my kids have a need for the basics. For food, for clothing, for heat in the winter. Well, if I can't provide those things for my family, if I have to borrow, if I have to beg, borrow, and steal for those necessities, then what am I going to be charitable with?
1: Yeah, you won't have it.
0: I won't. won't have it. I am charitable out of my abundance. So that's what money gives you is that opportunity. You have the opportunity to be charitable with your time, Out of your abundance. We've all heard of. Lawyers. Doing pro bono work. Mm -hmm. So they're doing work for free for certain clients. Well, it's because that individual attorney or the law firm that they work for makes enough money off of all the other clients that they can spare some time to help people that need the help but can't afford Mm -hmm. the legal counsel
1: yeah they can offer unbilled for time because they're every
0: business is the same no matter what business you're talking about whether it's construction or whether you make sandwiches you know what whatever it is that you do you are only able to give out of your abundance Mm -hmm. it's because you are profitable and you make a bunch of money this is how you are able to do something for these people Mm, yeah rich people many of them are massively charitable okay so what we were kind of going over and if i want to Let me kind of give people some of the bad news as far as where we are in America and where really Christians fit right in with this just like everybody else. Uh, One third of Americans say they are struggling or in a crisis when it comes to their finances. A crisis. That's their words. That's pretty
1: bad. One
0: third. 50% of Americans are having trouble paying their rent. Mm Mm-hmm. Over one-third are struggling to pay their mortgage payment. And 40% of households couldn't last one month if they lost their income. Wow. Now, what's going on right now in America is that we are losing buying power with the dollar. Inflation is destroying the dollar. This has been... America's been moving in this direction for a long time, but we seem to ramp up the speed with every new president we get. Um, They step on the gas, they print and borrow money, and as we do this, the dollar loses its buying power. Who does that affect?
1: Everyone. Yeah. Well, probably the hardest hit would be the poorest people. You got it. They don't have anything extra. Correct. So there is no wiggle room, so you, they just can't buy milk or something, right?
0: So when you think about it, at the during President Trump's presidency, the cost of a gallon of gas, we were all amazed at what it was.
1: It's under $2. It's
0: under $2. Yeah. The cost of a gallon of gas today is more than double. And it was even worse than that, depending on the part of the country and the time of the year. The percentage that stuff has gone up along with, you know, gasoline, if you think about, and I have a couple statistics, if I can quickly pull them up for you let's see how fast i can do this sorry sometimes it takes me a second i have
1: pictures of these tortilla chips i was buying before (laughs) biden was in they were 98 cents a bag Mm -hmm. that tells you how cheap i am and right now they're a dollar 98 per bag
0: Mm -hmm. okay this is a this is from a new york times article uh coffee beans have risen 33 percent since joe biden's presidency A gallon of gas is 72% more expensive. Oh, man. Yep. A pound of bacon costs $7.08, which is 21% more than when uh, President Biden took office. Keep in mind, this is a New York Times article. They are not fans of conservative presidents like President Trump. Yeah. Okay. And they are saying it's really bad. Inflation, not with gas, but with all those other commodities. Who does that affect?
1: well people buying food (laughs) everyone you're not thinking it affects everyone how
0: about this who does it hurt
1: the poorest people
0: hurts the poor middle class does it affect everybody sure if it goes up or down a penny it affects everybody Uh,
1: right really rich person is
0: so let me ask you this when gas went up did we stop driving someplace no No. okay when milk went and eggs went up did we stop buying them no no did some people yeah, they absolutely did. Yep. Because some people didn't have the abundance to where they could make a decision as to am I going to pay mm-hmm. this bill? Am I going to buy this gallon of milk? Yeah, the poor are affected the most. Those are the ones that are hurt more than anybody. So let me ask you this. If godliness equals poverty and everybody on Earth wants to be godly then who is going to help the poor?
1: (laughs) Not the Christians.
0: Well, if everybody wants to be godly and godliness equals poverty, then guess what? There is nobody to help out the poor. Nobody has money. It only comes from the wealthy, those with abundance. Those are the ones that can afford to help someone out. So right now, Christians... I hope they see this and again we're going back to this verse, verse a prudent man foreseeth the evil. I hope Christians see this. Inflation is bad and it is getting worse. If anyone has an idea that it's going to turn around and everything's going to be better in the next couple of years, they are fooling themselves. Things are going to get worse. Wherever your family is right now with your finances, it is going to be worse six months from now. It is going to be worse than that in a year from now. People need to get their finances in order now, immediately, like today, because things are only going to get worse.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Well, you kind of answered my question. Were you wanting to talk about family finances
0: yeah i mean we're okay. kind of going oh, over okay. you know in general well and here's yeah. the thing there's no difference between christian finances and worldly finances no i right. thought maybe
1: i jumped the gun and you wanted to talk about budgets oh no, no no like no that. no
0: well, did you have a question or something you wanted um, to go over
1: no i you kind of covered them I'm trying to see if i had if i had any more questions uh well i will later maybe if you don't
0: so christians need to get out of debt christians Mm -hmm. need to have a savings plan the reason that or let me ask you this why do you think christians don't have a savings plan
1: oh uh they think they could just pray and it'll magically appear right
0: well i (laughs) I think that is one of the things and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you an example okay I had a couple of friends and I was talking to them and we were talking about money and they just had uh, a baby and they are pretty good at being bad with money.
1: Pretty good. At being
0: you know, bad. and they, they okay. told me this and it's obvious uh-huh. and they were, they were, you know, talking to me and asking me, you know, some opinions and for a little bit of guidance. So one of the things that came up, they we're talking about something that they had come up that they needed money for. And, um, you know, they were kind of in a pinch and I said, well, uh, you guys just had, you know, your tax return, right? Like it was, I don't know, February kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, March. And I was like, didn't you guys get your tax return? Uh, and they looked at each other and I'm like, Uh-oh. oh boy, huh. you know, and they're like, yeah, we had whatever, you know, so many hundreds of dollars or it was like, you know, 1200, 1500 bucks or something like that. And I was like, why don't you use that money? And they look at each other again. They're like, well, you know, we bought the kids some, uh, bearded dragons. <laughs> and I was like, bearded what? Dragons? So they took the money and they're like, they, thought of it as woohoo free money. money you got it found money they didn't save it they didn't save it what did they do they bought a couple of lizards <laughs> that apparently are not cheap and then they had oh, to get no. like you know the the food and the, yeah, tank, the, food and the tank and the you know the, the heat lamp <laughs> or whatever it was and oh, basically man. they blew through you know most of or all of the money that they got And I gave someone this and I gave them this idea. And these are folks that I've led to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I said, let me ask you this. So now you're in a financial pinch. And they're like, yeah. I said, and God gave you double the amount of money that you need right now a month ago. And they're like, yeah. I said, where in the Bible does it say that God will provide the money for your emergency the day after Mm -hmm. the emergency?
1: Yeah good point it doesn't no
0: (laughs) what if that was the money you were supposed to have for today's emergency but what did you do with it woohoo party time spend it all so i tell people that all the time i say look when you're in a time where you have abundance you have a windfall of a month you have lots of money coming in from the job you just finished or the christmas bonus that you just got The point of the Christmas bonus, if you're dirt poor, is not to spend it and upgrade from a 48 to a 72-inch TV. (laughs) That's not the purpose. Mm -hmm. If you're dirt poor and you get a Christmas bonus, the idea is you save it, you invest it, you pay off some debt, you move yourself forward a little bit as far as finances go.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what God told Joseph to do. To save up in the storehouses while there was plenty.
0: You got it. There and was a time here. that came when Egypt had seven years of plenty. And they said it wasn't just, you know, plenty. It was like. A
1: lot. And yeah. So
0: much. So much. And they did so well. And God gave them the foresight, said, look, right after the seven years, you're going to have seven hard years yeah. and they're going to be worse than you've ever seen. Yeah. So what you need to do is, while you know, while the getting's good, Okay, you save up and that will carry you through this really lean time. Okay, so I'm going to give you another Bible verse, Proverbs chapter six, verses six through eight, and I appreciate the reference to the story of Joseph. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. So this is God literally telling Christians to go watch an insect That's and gain wisdom.
1: Makes me feel so stupid. Yeah. Hey, can you
0: Which having no guide, overseer, Uh or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. So the ant is smarter than the average Christian. Mm -hmm. And that's why God tells us to watch the ants and learn from them. Because the ant stores up in the summertime for the winter. And the old saying goes, you got to grow hay while the sun shines. Well, the ant grows, harvests, and stores up when it can So when a season arrives where we cannot come up with provision, it doesn't matter.
1: We've saved it while we're working. And he calls us, well, whoever's reading it, sluggard. Mm -hmm. Lazy.
0: Yeah. So we already saved up.
1: Yeah. We had
0: the opportunity. It was there. The ant took advantage of it. Most Christians do not.
1: I'm noticing this theme where... It seems like God was trying to, well, he knew our tendencies to just spend all our stuff, mm-hmm. our money, whatever it was, our wealth, just squander it on junk. So temptation.
0: When, when I was asking about why people don't save up, one of the reasons they don't save up, and, and this might start off by sounding pretty obvious, they don't save up because they're spending it all.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah they're spending it all they're over they don't have a budget or they are over budget or something or they're just having fun
0: people spend all the money they get and they think that's the way it's supposed to work it is not have you ever heard of the book the richest man of babylon no it's a great book really you know it's one of those that the kids should really Mm, um you know read uh, it's a phenomenal book. Any anyone should read it if they want to get a handle on their finances. It's a it's a great book because it goes over all these financial lessons in in a way where it's telling a story mm. of a firsthand account of a ri- the richest man in Babylon. For those of you that don't know, the city of Babylon. Is a city that no longer exists. It's about ninety miles southeast of Baghdad, and Iraq. Babylon was a massive powerhouse; it it ruled mm-hmm. the world. And about six hundred BC or five eighty six BC, they took over um, the nation of Israel and took them captives and destroyed this, the city of Jerusalem. Anyway, that was a lot more than you needed. But that book is is phenomenal, and it gives you know all these principles. So people spend all their money and and a savings plan. If you think about it, a savings plan is really just all the money that is left over at the end of the month. And we set it aside, Mm -hmm. but people spend it all people spend it all for a few reasons. Number one, people like to live above their means. So if you, and again, there's nothing wrong with being rich. But there is something wrong with being rich and living as if you're super rich.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And I know lots of rich people that make five times more money than I do in a year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they are struggling with money. No kidding. The Believe huh. it or not, the solution to most people's financial problems has nothing to do with making more money. Have you ever thought about this? Do you know about um, lottery winners?
1: Yeah, they uh, go broke.
0: They go broke. Usually within a calendar year, they are flat bankrupt.
1: Yeah, worse off is what I've heard.
0: So how does that happen? Well, it happens because money Hmm. doesn't fix their problems. Believe it or not, it's the way they handle money is their problem. So you give them more money. What are you giving them? Just more problems. Yeah. Okay, so an increase of money is actually ruining them and 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 it happens because they don't know how to handle money. So in the same way, there's nothing wrong with being rich unless you try to live like you're super rich. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being middle class unless you're trying to live like you're upper class. There's nothing wrong with being lower class unless you're trying to live like you're middle class. A lot of people want to keep up with the Joneses. They want to they want to mm-hmm. look rich. They want to look like they're doing better than their neighbor or their friends or who you know whoever you follow on instagram and because of that we are spending way more money than we should we don't have a savings plan we're not you know we're self-employed so it's different but for for the for the most people that you know they're not saving a percentage of their paycheck every week or every month for us we don't get yeah. paychecks that's what no, I mean I, when I, I said self employed right. it's it's different sometimes we get money every week sometimes it's you know once a month it, it it's all over the map but either way whenever you get paid are you paying yourself first? Are you setting money aside a certain percentage? You're saving for a rainy day, you're investing in the future, you're doing different things with your money or do you spend it all? So here's a question for you. I had a friend, true story. He was a salesman and his income was entirely commission-based. Okay. He didn't make any salary, any hourly rate. It was just, what do you sell? First year made $20,000. Okay. Yeah. Rough year. (laughs) Right. To live on 20,000. Oh yeah. But he was getting into the industry and he was a good salesman. So he stuck with it. Okay. Second year made $200,000. Wow. But he had an idea about money. So how much do you think he spent each year?
1: Oh boy. Uh, did he spend all of it?
0: He spent all of it. No kidding. Yep. <laughs> so his well, plan he spent. <laughs> was spend it all. The first year, he somehow lived off of $20,000. The second year, he managed to squeak by a living on $200,000. Wow. I That a, guy's problem was not that he did not make enough money. Mm-hmm. His problem was how he handled his money. People that tithe are used to getting money and the money they have a plan for the money before they get it, yeah, okay right off the top, give right in the check, ten percent here you go, giving mm-hmm. it to the church. that's the plan now, maybe that's as far as the plan goes, but at least they are used to having a plan before the money comes in. Those same people are typically going to be disciplined enough to have plans for the ninety percent that remains. The lottery winner has no plan.
1: Well, they plan to spend it.
0: They plan to spend (laughs) it all. And they are bad with their money. Guess what? You want to know how you know if someone's bad with their money? Mm, They're playing the lottery every week. Yeah.
1: Buying a pomano ticket. Yep,
0: that's how you know. So they don't have a plan for their money. So when it comes in, they don't have any system that that money goes into. They just start spending it on Mm -hmm. everything. So the reason people don't have a savings plan is because they don't have a plan for their money to fit into when they get it. You and I have a plan, and our plan deals with percentages. And if you're self-employed, you're probably going to deal with percentages rather than dollar amounts. Because
1: you don't know how much is you don't know in how much time.
0: you got it one month we get a lot and one month we get very little, and so what you're dealing mm-hmm. with is a running average over the course of twelve months, and that's why we deal with percentages. but we have a plan for our money, and one of the things in our plan is that we spend a lot less than we make,
1: yeah, you know uh I don't remember having a budget growing up. Uh And it was always stressful. And then when the car would break down, it was uh, kind of the end of the world. Yep. But um, that hasn't happened since I've been married. Mm -hmm. With the budgeting and paying tithes and all those things. You can do all of those things together.
0: We've helped lots of people get on a budget. We've helped lots of people with their money problems. And every single time we help people with money, the the formula is going to be the same for everybody. The budget is paramount. You have to have a plan for your money. If you don't, you're going to end up spending it all. That's what everybody does. That's what everybody does all the time. And the problem with that is that nobody is planning for the future. And by that, let me... Can I give you an example? Mm -hmm. We are supposed to set money aside for a variety of things that can come in the future. What we're talking about and what we're thinking about is the emergency. If you have a budget and you're saving money and you're setting money aside for when something happens where you need money... You can't call it an emergency anymore.
1: Yeah, Right.
0: So let me give you an example. Everyone that's listening all over the world, if you're listening to a podcast, then guess what? You have hot water. You have a hot water heater. Yeah, probably. And you want to know what's going to happen to that hot water heater one day?
1: Sure. It's going to go out. It's going to go out
0: and you need to replace it and that shouldn't be an emergency you want to know why because you can go ahead and get on google and type in how long should my 40 gallon natural gas hot water heater last it's going to tell you 10 to 12 years you know how i know that
1: well you do them all the time (laughs) i install
0: them all the time Mm -hmm. and the manufacturer tells me the plumber to tell my customer to expect 10 to 12 years out Mm -hmm. of them so guess what you can, you can call three or four plumbing companies and say how much to replace a hot water heater. And let's just use easy numbers. A hot water heater is going to cost you $2,000 labor and materials, right? And what you're going to do is you're going to divide that by 10 years. And you're, then you're going to divide that by 12 months, And what you're going to find out is that if you just put in a hot water heater, you're going to have roughly 120 months before your next hot water heater. So if you take $2,000 and divide it by 120 months, you're going to come up with about $17. So do you want to know what the wise man does
1: save $17 a month?
0: You got it. The wise man gets an envelope and on that envelope, he writes hot water heater. And every month he sticks a Jefferson in there. (laughs) 20 bucks. Yeah. 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Now that $20 comes from somewhere. It comes out of the amount of money you get in that month. So guess what? You have a plan for your money. Now, only $20 of your money has a plan, but you just started a budget. It's not a very detailed budget, okay? Because there's only one line item on it, hot water heater, $20 a month. But that is what you are going to do. You're going to set that aside. And then you're going to go on to the next one, okay? You're going to say refrigerator, and you're going to do the same thing. Your oven, your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your garbage disposal, your hot water heater, your furnace, your air conditioning, all of the, your washer, your dryer, all of these things are appliances and they're all going to die. And you can literally look up the serial number. You can look up the model and serial number on your appliances. You can figure out how old it is by that serial number. Then you can figure out how much is it going to cost to replace this item? So you can say, okay, the hot water heater, Patrick, I'm listening to your podcast. God bless you. This is practical. Good sense. I'm going to go to my hot water heater. I'm going to look it up and it says manufactured in, let's see, it's going to be 20, we'll call it 2024 right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to say it was manufactured in 2019. So guess what? I'm halfway to the end of the life. It's about five years old. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the math. Oh, new hot water heater installed is going to be 2000 bucks. Well, I only have five years to save, so I'm going to save 40 bucks a month. Because sure. mm-hmm. I only have 60 months left. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to all my appliances. I'm going to figure out how old they are. And then I'm going to figure out how much a new one is and if you're saying that your hot water heater is going to go in in 10 years cuz you just put one in and it's $2000 i would suggest that you save up 2500 bucks instead of 2000 because in 10 years inflation's still going to kick you in the pants and yeah. stuff's going to be worse so let's be smart and let's just go ahead and save up some extra that verse that we were talking about proverbs oh sorry i I went past it, was it again.
1: Six something.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I'm just gonna Proverbs okay. six. Um, no, that was the ant one. Proverbs oh, twenty two right, three. A right. prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. The prudent man sees the problem ahead and he has a plan. Now in this case, it's talking about evil and hiding himself. Okay. Yeah. You see evil marching towards you and you're like, <laughs> well, I don't want evil to get here and kill me, so I'm going to hide myself. That's the plan. The point is you see the problem coming and you make a plan. Everybody can go out and do this with all of your appliances. Guess what? You just added, what, 10 line items to your budget? Okay, do you know your car is not going to last forever? Go through your entire life and figure out all the things that are not going to last forever, and you can do this with all of them. That is the amount of money you need to save every single month. You have no right to spend that money unless you are saving that amount of money every month. I have a question. Sure. Um
1: so let's say there's a family that is listening or somebody's listening, they're like, wow, it's a good idea. Maybe they come to your financial class to learn more. Uh-huh. But right now they're overextended with like a mortgage because I know a lot of people mm-hmm. have been still trying to buy homes. homes, So they are already overextended in their budget yeah, and they don't really have the money. What can they do about it?
0: Well, there are several things. Uh, all of them are going to be painful. Some of them of are going to be very well, painful. Yeah, and a lot of people are not willing to do what they need to in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I always start with the I always start with the things that are the most worthless in someone's life. Automobiles. Let's start with automobiles. How much is yours? How much is your spouse's? What are the payments on both of them? Okay, great. How much money do you have saved up right now? So let's assume they're like normal, average, everyday Americans, and they each have a car payment, and each car payment's like 500 bucks. Really? Oh, yeah. I
1: guess we (laughs) didn't know that much.
0: Yeah. So Joanna is laughing because we are on a financial plan, and the last car we paid for, we paid for with cash, and we haven't had a car payment
1: i don't know it's been so
0: long you can't even remember so naive yeah (laughs) what
1: What do things cost (laughs) yeah like sheltered baby (laughs) so that's insane
0: well a lot of people so let's say that each car payment is 250 bucks a month maybe it's 500 so it's going to be somewhere between 500 to a thousand for the both let's call it 750 bucks okay how much did our oldest son just pay for a car eighteen hundred dollars eighteen hundred dollars how long will it take you to save up eighteen hundred dollars well we don't have any money saved so it's going to take us a couple months okay fair enough how about this save up eighteen hundred dollars and buy a vehicle and then sell the most expensive one yeah you're going to get a little bit of money in your pocket Mm -hmm. maybe not Maybe, you, maybe you're underwater on your auto payment. I have no idea. But let's say you can sell it and you make a couple hundred bucks. But more importantly than that, you just got rid of a $500 a month car payment. That'll help. Yeah. Okay. So now what you can do is you can save up the money again and you can sell the other vehicle. Get rid of a $250 car payment. And you have two vehicles worth $2,000. Now, people are going to say, well, I don't want to drive a $2,000 vehicle. Well, I know that. But I'm giving you options. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, if you want. I'm giving
0: you a solution. I I told you you weren't going to like it. If you're not willing, here's the thing: you can't afford those vehicles. Those vehicles are pushing you way beyond your budget because you got to remember, saving up for these things is massively more important than having nice, shiny vehicles that impress somebody. So sell those vehicles. Buy junkers, beaters. Mm -hmm. What I tell people is this I and and you and I had the conversation, and Moses, our oldest son, had the conversation when he was buying his car. And you said to me, You said, um, you know, is this car really, you know, worth it? Is it gonna is he gonna have a lot of problems? Is it gonna cost him a bunch of money? It was
1: gonna be, yeah. Yeah. And my
0: my answer was, can he get two years out of it? Do you think it'll last two years? And you're like, well, yeah, I'm sure it'll last two years. Okay. So I'm going to teach him how to change the oil. He's going to do that on his own. Beyond that.
1: Doesn't much matter.
0: Doesn't much matter. As soon as he gets, as soon as the thing breaks down and it's a problem to it's like, oh, man, this is real expensive don't spend three thousand th- four thousand right. $4000 on a new transmission buy another car for $2000 yeah cuz what was
1: 1800 if it lasts 2 1800, years 1800 so if is it is if month? it
0: last if it okay so let's do the math real quick so okay. we have $1800 <laughs> divided by 24 months it's $75 a month it costs more than that a day to rent a car
1: mm-hmm. right and he's just driving it to and from work
0: so if you buy a car for $2000 Okay, so let's talk about the family that we're talking about, right? So we have $750 in car payments. We're going to get rid of the $750 a month in car payments. We're each going to buy a $2,000 car. So $2,000, okay, or let's call it $4,000 for the two of them divided by 24 months. What I tell people is I say, look, if you can get a car and it lasts a year for every $1,000 you bought it for, Okay, you could scrap it or sell it for parts and get $100 or $200 for it. <laughs> Go and buy another vehicle for two or $3,000. Will it last you two or three years? Yeah. Okay, great. You're money ahead. You're money ahead of every American that ever buys a vehicle. So you buy two vehicles, one for the husband, one for the wife. $2,000 a piece your plan is to have four thousand dollars in two years in order to buy two more pieces of junk that you can keep driving that means you have to save up a hundred and sixty seven dollars a month and in 24 months you will have four thousand dollars now that means that you are saving 583 dollars on those two automobile payments because you used to pay 750 dollars a month And a lot of that was interest. Now you are saving up $167 a month so that you can buy two more junkers in 24 months. Do you see how the math Mm -hmm. works? Yeah. All of a sudden this family has $583 and guess what you can do with that? You can save that up. You can invest it. Oh, we're not there yet. Yeah, I know you're not there yet. You can pay off debt. You can pay off your credit card bills and you can get out of debt. That's what you can do with the money. What's your house payment?
1: so much okay (laughs) i don't know sell your house buy something
0: smaller buy something cheaper yeah now do people want to do that no people are vain people want to look good and feel cool rather than be rich and be millionaires Mm -hmm. okay well you're gonna in 20 years you're gonna wish you were doing what i said but right now okay well keep looking cool and you know keep feeling important sell your house which right now you're going to sell at a premium and i know everyone's first thought is well whatever we buy that's going to be real expensive as well no it's not buy a fixer upper yeah during the height of the 2008 housing bubble highest point of house prices up until this current bubble right that's Mm -hmm. when we bought our first house in 2008 a few months before it crashed Right. How much did we spend on our first house?
1: Was it 128? 130
0: thousand dollars.
1: Yeah. Well, you can't find anything like that now.
0: <laughs> That's what everyone says. Nonsense. Can. No. You and I, I did. This is when. Yeah. This is when cheap garbage. Okay, cheap garbage was going for so much money and everything so expensive. We got into something for 130 thousand dollars. It was a hundred year old house. It needed some remodeling. Okay, but it was nice enough for us to move our junk in and just start living mm-hmm. there.
1: Yeah, and that's I, what we did. I forget who I was listening to, but they had a financial guy on there and he said, there's always when it comes to buying homes, death, relocation, and divorce.
0: Yeah. There's for always the, an opportunity. You can find one. Mm-hmm. Do people want to do it? Probably not. But my point is, the furnace, the hot water heater, the dishwasher, the oven, the refrigerator, the washer, and the dryer, and your car are all going to die. And if you are not currently saving up for those things, the day that it happens, you will not have the money that you need. So you need that needs to be in your budget. You cannot start spending money on the fun things you want until all of those things are set aside so that's my point
1: yeah i get it
0: i don't think enough people are doing that
1: i know they're not i you know you just talk to people you know they're not yeah they talk to you about it you know
0: but that is you know as far and keep in mind we're only scratching the surface yeah but the budget is paramount you have to get people on a budget People don't want to live on a budget. People don't want to have to work within a framework of this is how much money there is and I have to make this work somehow and that means I don't get to do everything that I want. There is no amount of money you can receive in a raise where your necessities will not increase to that new amount The very next week. Yeah. Every single person that gets more money, all of a sudden, they have to spend it all, and they find a way to do it. Mm -hmm. If your money has a plan, which we call a budget, then even when you get a very large amount of money coming in, you still figure out a way to make it work. So we are at an hour do you have any questions
1: oh uh no you pretty much sorry speaking to the microphone i think you answered them all and then that's a good um plug for if anyone's local to come to your um seminar
0: yeah yeah if anyone is local we should just give this quick announcement uh the first four wednesday nights in uh at the church of grace which is on fourth and hill in grand junction Colorado. From 6.30 to 8 p.m., we are going to be having a free financial seminar. There's going to be childcare provided. There's going to be coffee and tea and probably cookies and brownies. And we're going to go over all kinds of great financial stuff, and we're going to do it for four or five Wednesday nights in a row. It's going to be interesting. I hope somebody passes this information along and comes out. If you have anyone, especially young people, if you know anyone, just starting a family, just getting out of college, even in high school, that can come to this. They can learn some principles from the Bible. They can start getting their finances in order now. Uh, they are going to be so much better off in twenty years than probably you know you, whoever is listening. Uh, they're going to be. They're going to learn all the stuff that you wish you were applying to your life over the last twenty years. Along with that, please visit our website, BibleThumperPodcast.com. You can find our YouTube channel and Facebook page. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please like, please share, please subscribe, please comment. It helps get this information in front of other people. We very much appreciate everybody getting on here. And I'd like to say we're on here every Sunday night at 7 p.m., We're on here nearly every Sunday night, and we are on here close to 7 p.m. So that's about the best we can do, but it's because we're amateurs, and that's what you get. Joanna, thank you for being on here with us. Thanks for having me. And we will talk to you next week.